Does your child come when he's told to come? If not, then today's episode is for you. Here are some strategies that you can use to help your child know how to come every time, the first time, or most of the time. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. There are a lot of fun and silly, let's call them holidays, throughout our calendar. Today, I just learned of a really cool one, and today is International Best Friends Day. Not Friendship Day, but International and National Best Friends Day. I hear it's primarily celebrated in the United States and Canada. This timing is, like, really fun. Today's announcement is that I am opening up a Facebook group to you, so in the link you will find a connection to be able to communicate with me in a Facebook group where you will find like-minded people in a community of others that want to be able to teach their children in ways their children's brains understand to teach communication and connection, to teach language development, and to be able to help our kids that have second languages or language delays to build up their communication and connection abilities. This is the heart, I think, of so many parents. So, welcome to the community. So on this International Best Friends Day, come be one of our besties with the language of play at our Facebook community. So let's get into a few ideas on how to teach our children to come. Evie is a client like so many of my clients. Her child does not come when she calls come. Well, sometimes he does, but not always. Or enough of the time. Her child is currently two. And she came to me and said, how is it that I can get my child to come? So in a conversation with her, we decided to talk about what are the barriers and what are the habits that we've already created. Here's what I learned. Her child runs away regularly laughing when she pulls out a diaper and says, it's time to change your diaper. Now, why is this? Well, so we started talking about that. And what happened was that when the little one was about six months old or so and starting to crawl, um, the dad in the family would say, I'm going to get you. And they would play this chase kind of game. 
This chase game was so fun for the little one that it became a regular thing. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And so as they would play this, what the parents taught this child was that at diaper time or at other certain times when they want the child to be present, they're going to chase them to get them. Now, do we want to stop this? Yeah, it's time. But right now, the child is using this running away as an initiation to play. The child is not actually feeling like disobedient and and not actually thinking, oh, I don't want to come. This child sees the parents want him to come, and he immediately has an association in his mind with, oh, they want to play chase. That's what the child understands. The child is wrong, but that is what the child is understanding. So when this child looks bright-eyed, mischievous, and runs the other direction, initially, mom and dad were like, oh, what, why is he disobeying? Oh my gosh, this is, this is terrible. What, what's he doing? And in further exploration, we learned that this was actually a game that the child has associated and the child is trying to engage mom and dad to play with him. So now that doesn't require punishment. It just requires some reteaching, doesn't it? When we get behind the eyes of our child, we so often see that their view of a particular interaction is not what it is that we intended, yet we taught it. We didn't mean to teach that particular thing, but we did. So we can confuse our children when we try to undo and redo. So let's think about how to undo and redo that particular interaction. This is what we did for Evie. First thing is validate the play game, the chase. So to validate chase. Oh, you want to play chase right now. I'm going to chase you in a little bit. But right now, you need to come. And at that point, the child isn't going to understand. They're still going to take off at Well, it depends. Maybe your child will understand, maybe not, depending on the age, of course. But the first and most important thing to do if you want them to cooperate is to hear them. They are initiating chase, and they're doing it the way they think you want to play. So validate, ah, I see what it is that you want. You want to play chase. Now isn't the time, but we can play chase after a little bit. First, you need to come. And then pause. Wait for them to think about it. If it does work the first time you do that, or whenever it does work, you say to your child, Good, come. I'm so proud of you for coming. And then, maybe at that point, you're going to feed lunch, change a diaper, whatever it is that you needed the child to come for. You're going to do that thing. And tell them, after this, we play chase. So that you make sure that you also play chase because this builds trust in that relationship that you have. Your child was trying to initiate a game with you and you want to then go play that game with your child. It doesn't have to be very long. 
Maybe your chase game is going to be a total of two minutes long, but it lets them laugh and feel successful in their own interaction with you. And it builds trust in that you did what you said you would do. That's validating their request. And then you do what you need to do, diaper, lunch, whatever it is that you're doing, and then you go play chase. And it doesn't have to be long. It needs to be enjoyable. It needs to be fun. It needs to be the laughter that that child has associated with Chase. This is what Evie did. And it worked, but not all the time. Because the child really likes to play Chase. And this is one of the ways that we can look into our child and understand their personality and what it is that they love. So this child particularly loves Chase. So she learned that for this child to feel loved, and if you want to know things about how you can help your child feel loved, for more ideas on how it is that you can help your child feel loved, check out episode 18, and that's in the show notes below. It's about asking our kids how they feel loved in a way that works for them because they're all different. So back to Evie's child. This child, she was seeing a window into how he particularly feels loved. So if we know this about our children, then we want to incorporate their favorite tasks into each day. And when we can fill their bucket, fill them up with what it is that they love to do, it helps them be ready to cooperate with us on the things that we want them to do. It builds that connection and that relationship with our child in a way that they trust us deeper to meet their needs, especially those needs for fun and connection. By this point, you're probably wondering why this is so important and why this works so well. Here's the reason behind it. Your child comes to us with their brain undeveloped, but the part of their brain that is the main operating system is the limbic brain. It is the emotional center of their brain. Of course, all parts of your child's brain are present, but if you were to look at your child's brain with an EEG, what you would see is that the neocortex, that would be the outer layer of the brain where we do problem solving and deeper reasoning and thinking, there just isn't that much activity in that part of the brain. There's a little bit, but not a lot. And if you were to look in the center part of the brain, that would be the the limbic brain or the emotional centers of the brain, you're going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of activity there. So it stands to reason. If we use the main operating system of your child's brain at the age and stage that they are at, you will get better results. So when we're talking about a child that is, let's say, for example, zero to seven, that would be what's classified as early childhood, you can use that operating system that is related to emotions. And what you teach And how you play and connect with your child has all to do with attachment and bonding because these are the primary jobs of children in early childhood. They need to bond. They need to attach. They need to build trust. And they play. They imagine. They wonder. They try things. They explore. They create. So if we were to use the language that would match the operating system that they have as their primary tool, then we need to get in that space of wonder and curiosity as well. We need to recognize that that's 
how their brain thinks. So let's go back to Evie and her situation again. In her adult brain, she's thinking, you need a diaper change. And she thinks that the child would want the same. It makes sense when you are in your adult brain. You are operating in that neocortex. It is a problem solving. It is a solution. It is logic. But remember, that's not what's firing for our children. When they're playing, which is all of the time, they are exploring and experimenting and and puzzling what goes together in their life. So they don't want to come in for that. Maybe they don't want to come in for lunch, even though they're hungry because they haven't yet noticed that they're hungry. And then when they notice they're hungry, all of a sudden, it's like massive hunger. We know that there is this big shift. So to enter the operating system of your child, when you need them to come now, you're going to recognize where it is that they're at and then offer them the next thing playfully. How do we do that? What you can do, one of many things, is show your child that you have something that you want to share with them before you even say come. If you are wanting to just get business done without the risk of the game, then you can bypass that and show them some other curious thing. So you say, hey Johnny, I have a truck over here and it's making noise. Have you seen it? I think you should look at it. And then they drop what they're doing and they come and see this amazing thing. And you talk about the truck the whole time you're changing the diaper without acknowledging it of the diaper. That would be one way to be able to bypass that. But now that doesn't teach our child to come on the word come, does it? If you want to slide into that operating system, then you include the word come in your invitation to see that truck. Come see this truck. It's fantastic. And then you play with it a little bit with your back to your child for a moment. It develops curiosity in your child. And then when they come, you start to teach them that you love when they come. So when he comes, he gets the toy, you talk about it, but you also say, oh, good come. I'm so glad you came to me. Good come. And you just start dropping those nuggets of words in their brain that you like it when they come, when you say come. And do that for a while. And there is a lot more on the word come. However, this is all I want you to do right now if you're struggling with come and you have a little one. On the next episode, we're going to dig into the meat and potatoes of how it is that you can teach your child to come when they haven't been up to around the age of about 15 or so. Of course, everybody is so different. Thank you for joining me today on The Language of Play. It is my hope that you found a trick, a strategy, a tool, whatever you want to call it, and you try it with your kiddos. I would love to hear how it goes. Tune in again on Monday for part two of Teaching Children to Come. And as a reminder, this is part of our 50th episode celebration. Email 50 to me at hello at the language of play if you would like to take advantage of this amazing, crazy, special offer that is available until June 10th at midnight. And come join us in our new Facebook community. You will find the link in the show notes below. 
Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. Thank you.